Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hey. We haven't seen you in a while, but thanks for being patient, waiting for us to return. Well, as you can see, this lovely lady's looking fresh and spried, ready to go again. Yes. She finally kicked chemo's. Hey. <laughs> and so she's ready to work. Yeah. It's been it's been a, it's been a trial, but I'm here. I'm ready and she's good still to alive. go. Yes. <laughs> so, as you can see, we've got some new arrangements here. If you take a look at the screen, if you take a look at our production value, so we are now part of the Urban Conservative. Uh, Rahim and uh, Abdul Ali have put together this show for us and helped us out with this new system. And so we want to shout out to those fellas. Thank you so much. And thank you for making us part of the Urban Conservative. Yep. I'm really excited. This is a dream I've had. I didn't tell them that when I was going through chemo, I was like, it would be awesome to be a part of the Urban Conservative Network. And now we are. It just it just seemed like dreams a good fit. come true. It just seemed like a good fit. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a good show for you guys. We've got a lot planned and there and there's so much we've been wanting to say but uh, the biggest thing is obviously that stage two hodgkin's lymphoma has been defeated Ow. she went through several months of grueling chemo and all the other trials and tribulations that go along with such a diagnosis mm -hmm. and she came out on top and so we're very proud of her and we're yep. very happy that she's back and now anything you'd like to say on the subject um it's been tough i appreciate people's prayers there's a lot of people that know uh, adul and myself uh, we have mutual mutual friends and a lot of people came to me they said they were praying it was very comforting i appreciate it so much and i'm still going through some effects for instance this morning i got out of the shower and my knee gave out luckily there was a chair there to catch me so there's still some things here and there where i'm like an elderly person in random my joints pains and, stuff. and random, random places pains. that we shall not speak of yes and i will not speak of it <laughs> but it's it's painful and sometimes i just go ah! and he's like oh dear they're there that's quite literally how she does it we'll yeah. just be walking along and she'll be like, <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm detoxing poison so i appreciate <laughs> it i'm so excited to get back into the conservative fight mm -hmm. and hopefully change some minds on the political spectrum Absolutely. So now that we've gotten the depressing stuff out of the way, we're going to get to use all kinds of interesting news of the day. We've basically got transgenders flashing them, you know, women yep. and children in spa locker rooms. Yep. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Seems normal nowadays. It honestly doesn't even shock me that much. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, this is going to be our like send off to Pride Month mm -hmm. because I'm happy that it's over. Um I know you're happy that it's over. It'll be nice to see less rainbows on my newsfeed. Uh, so less rainbows and so and less drag queens in, in your like in the ads that they show you. Like, I could easily go another eleven months without seeing another article about how children should be at kink. Yep, parades. I agree. I'm tired of over, a lot of makeup and contouring. Mm. It's getting on my nerves. It's getting old. It's getting old. Yeah, I can only see so many butts in assless chaps <laughs> before you get kind of burnt out and feel like you need a beer and. <laughs> watch like a 1970s crime movie to hopefully get all your testosterone levels back to a normal level. This is how I feel. I always feel like I need to take a shower afterwards mm. or I want to throw my device across the room. Well, don't throw your device. Those are expensive. And I bought half of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought that. <laughs> but I feel your pain. Yeah. We also wanted to discuss a few new segments. Uh, well, I should say discuss, feature a few new segments. And some of these things I think are exciting. There's some things we cooked up. But you know what? This is a new show. This is a new season. Some things will work. Some things won't. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't stick. Fine. We'll move it on. We'll get another idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can tune in and you can give us ideas as well. Please. Your feedback is important to us and it will help to shape the show to a certain extent. Obviously, we have creative license. We're the ones that have the buck stops with us. But you have a good idea. 
We're not going to ignore it. Yep. All right. So basically, we've got a lot of things happening right now. And since we've been gone so long, we wanted to discuss as much as we could in a timely fashion. Yes. Obviously, the world is on fire. So the world that. is burning. The and it's really burning. hard to keep up with the news. I know every pundit says this and every talking head, but it is impossible to keep up with the news because as soon as I write a show map on things that I want to discuss, literally five hours goes by and somebody does something incredible somewhere and I have to completely revamp and reallocate resources and move things around. Yep. I mean, at this point, what what's going on? We've, we've got uh, travel bans to 17 states from California. So what this means is, is that if you're a Californian and you work for the government, the state government, you basically can't fly on the state dime for, say, a sports game in Alabama or to do work in Idaho. Because as you'll notice in their cute little map, if you, if you look up the articles on this sort of stuff, that, uh, well, basically only red states that have enshrined into law protections for women, things like locker room protections or having to basically use the bathroom that you were assigned on your birth certificate, these things are considered an attack on LGBTQ plus individuals. And so the state of California has seen fit to ban travel and not fund travel to such places as a form of solidarity with the LGBTQ AAIP plus 47 genders community. Because the one thing us red states want is for more Californians to come. I'm sure everybody in Florida is just shedding a tear mm. for all the Californians that won't be able to fly on the state dime to their state. Oh, <sighs> Where's the violin cue when you need it? The interesting thing about this too, though, and I think Ben Shapiro remarked on this, is that we're in a cold civil war in the United States. It is. It's not a hot civil war, right? No cannons, no sabers Ish. rattling. Ish. But everybody's starting to do stuff like this that would have been considered completely outrageous in like the late 90s, early aughts. Like if you went into the Wayback Machine to 2003 and you told my parents, oh, hey, California's banning travel for state employees to their state mm -hmm. and a bunch of other states. They they think I was I was kidding and that I was talking about just some dystopian nightmare future where all the states are in the war. That's because it's stupid. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, you know, for those of you who are on this, like, obviously, you know, if you're tuning in, you're probably a local. And uh, because our audience hasn't quite expanded internationally just yet. Now, there are some folks around the world that have tuned into us on YouTube on the pre-recorded content from last season. But currently with the Tuck uh, conservative folks, a lot of those people are associated with a dual Raheem and the local audience. AKA and people in, New people. York, people in New York, probably some folks in Brooklyn, Raheem's folks. Uh, so, you know, our audience will expand. But wherever you happen to be, I want to get your opinion. How do you feel about the states deciding who can and can't travel to red states based on these types of gender-based protections and bathroom laws and so forth? Are they overstepping their boundaries? You seem this is like an appropriate measure and a moral one at that. Please feel free to comment below and uh, tune in and you know we'll try to pop you up on the screen and maybe even respond if we can. We're still getting the hang of this, so you bear with us. But in the meantime, I wanted to uh, get Z's opinion on a couple of things. First of all, uh, we've got a crisis on our hands in America. There ain't no bullets. No, I know. There are no bullets. I know. My gun feels so sad and empty. It's lonely. My, my guns are lonely. I have several guns because I'm a nutcase. And, or AKA Patriot. And Sexy gun bunny is what I call her. Ow. And... Let me tell you, we used to go, last year we used to go shoot all the time. We did. I started getting really good. 
it's one of those uh, those hobbies that if you don't do it regularly, you start to kind of eh, lose it a little bit. It's not like a bicycle. Like like I play guitar too, and I can go months without playing it, and I'll pick it up, and it'll be fine. And I and I can play it like never before. Like it's like muscle memory. But with guns, for some reason, it's a little bit different for me. The longer you stay away from the range, the more you pull down to the left. Exactly. And you're not the only one. I've talked to a few people. Yes. They're saying the same thing. They're like, why is it always down to the left? I'm like, you're jerking that trigger, man. But here's the thing. If more people subscribe to the urban conservative, I would have more money to go shoot. Why would you deprive this wonderful woman the opportunity to defend herself and to train to better protect her family? Hmm? Why would you do that? Shame on you. <laughs> Think about it. But yeah, I, I, if anybody has a box of nine millimeter laying around, and I'm not talking about that steel repackaged junk, I mean the good stuff, you know, with the brass, send me an email. We'll chat. <laughs> Shoot, I'll take the uh, the repackaged stuff. I don't care. I'm not saying I'm going to pay premium, but I'll pay above asking price. I'm not bougie. Yeah. Oh, I was shoot. just saying, send it to me. I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> if it comes in a box and it goes bang, send me an email because mm -hmm. I can't find any. Yep. And nine millimeter is common, but not anymore. <laughs> also, question do you think this is deliberate or do you think it's just a market thing i think it's a market thing you think it's a normal thing yeah because 2a people want other 2a people to be shooting as much as possible so jacking up the prices kind of defeats that and it doesn't make any sense yeah but that's assuming that all people are honorable honorable and that there's not government people inveigling their dirty little fingers into the process on purpose that is assuming that but i do think that most 2a people are like law-abiding citizens sure. who at least in that gun arena are honorable um, at least in they, maybe they compartmentalize their life in that box. They're honorable. They're honorable because <laughs> in the gun box. I'm yes, honorable. because they're they know how serious it can be. You could like accidental, like I guess a stupid discharge and stuff like that. And they they want as little of that as possible because when people do things like that, it makes the two way movement look like idiots. You know, what? I think that's fair. I, I saw a video a couple of weeks ago about. You know, he was, he was a guy who I guess he owns like a big gun company or uh, ammunition company. And he was trying to give single? more of a logical explanation about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy really? it. Really? No, I didn't. I, and I might be just a conspiratorial and spe speculative. But at the same time, we're living through a scamdemic mm. where they're trying to release new variants to keep us in our masks. And they're pushing vaccines that they have for months been telling us are completely safe. And that yeah. if you say anything about them, you'll be either censored or get a little warning on your posts. And then all of a sudden they're having to tell us, well, yeah, actually it does cause heart problems in some individuals. It's, it's just a thing, but you know, we'll just sneak that in there. I don't know. So times I, don't are know weird. I don't know who to trust at this point. Yeah. Times are weird right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit freaky. I, I've got some family members that are really big into like the cabal and stuff like that. Oh, wait, we're talking QAnon? Yeah. We're talking a little bit of QAnon, some other stuff too that I don't fully understand. And some things I'm like, yeah, probably. And other things I'm like, really? So I don't know. It's it's hard to tell right now what's on purpose and what's not and what's just uh, like a just by chance things are happening. I don't know. The problem is, is reality has gotten so retarded and so like almost like satire at this point that I feel like I'm living in the onion or in Babylon B articles. Well, we are because everything's relative now. So like reality is like moving all over the place and you can't hit it. That's what I mean. Like there used to be like you could always kind of sit back and point at things and just be like, no, 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 no. That was the line. That's obviously satire. That's obviously a joke. They're obviously kidding. No, he didn't mean to say that. Now you're like, maybe Biden does want to nuke us. 
if we rise up against him. Maybe Biden does want to sniff my little mulatto baby. I mean, he's saying we need F-15s and nukes. Maybe he was just like, you know, saying the quiet part out loud. He's not exactly the most cognitively say, aware can individual. Hold it back? He can't really hold it back, so. I mean, this is where we are, people. Mm-hmm. We've we've got a supervillain in the White House who is also not entirely present. So, <laughs> all bets are off. Welcome to Clown World. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had better better assessment for you. <laughs> well, this is a great opportunity for us to introduce one of our first new experimental segments, racial retort. But it's an opportunity for us to politely yes. Roast one another's race. Yes. <laughs> By asking questions. Asking reasonable questions. But why are we doing this, though? Why, indeed? Because you said it best. We need to get back to, like, real comedy, like mm. the 90s, where we used to talk about things. I, I like watching celebrity roasts um, from the, the 70s with uh, Dean Martin. Oh, my gosh. And they talk about Jews and Puerto Ricans and Irish people. That was back when Polacks were still a joke. Oh, man. They go in on each other. They talk about uh, people looking like ghosts and milk and people being darkies and stuff. It is the most <laughs> amazing thing. And some things go over my head because it's pop culture from the 70s. Yeah. But I'm like, sometimes I got shocked. And I don't I don't like, uh, I, I'm very, um, what is what is the word I'm looking for? I like, I, I, I'm not into censorship, really. No, I'm, you, not, I'm not a you like PC. a free press. You're PC, not you're not PC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very PC, but when I was listening to it, like my soul was like, oh, because I'm not used to it anymore. You ever seen Blazing Saddles? Yes. Yeah. You can't do a Blazing Saddle movie. You could today. not make anything like that movie nowadays. But the thing is, is you and I don't care about what you're not allowed to do because we like to break the rules. We're behind a paywall too, so you can't cancel us. <laughs> so I'll let you go first. All right. Let me uh, pull up my questions. Oh, by the way, if you're watching this and you have questions for uh, Scott or I about our race, comment in the comment section. Black folks, if you have questions for white people, comment below. White folks, if you have questions for black people, do the same. Maybe we can reach a greater understanding by roasting each other's races in a polite and yet fun format. All right. <laughs> All right. So since she said I get to start. Black people, if you go to a white hairstylist, do you spontaneously combust? White people, why do y'all think ketchup is spicy? <clears throat> Guess it depends on what flavor ketchup. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> you know they make ketchup with curry in it? Ew. There's like, a, there's like a whole chain of restaurants that literally just makes flavored ketchups. Like specialized ones and curry is one of them. I don't like that. I like curry. I don't like that. No, curried ketchup. Not a fan. Black people, do you think Jesus is more likely to listen if you say his name 42 times in a single prayer? Just asking. Oh, my. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hear me, Jesus. Your turn. White people, who is sweet Caroline and why are y'all so hype over her? You know you love it. <laughs> uh huh. See, <laughs> you can already hear it in your heads, clubgoers. It's always that last song they play at the bar. Black people, you do realize that DMV show uh, photos are not mugshots. 
You know what? Show yours. Show yours. Oh, oh, is that what we're doing? Show yours. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to have to uh, unseat myself. Do it. If it can focus. It can't. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's kind of cute, actually. <laughs> See, gentlemen, you don't have to tilt your head back and make yourself look like a supervillain just because it's a government agency taking your photo. They're not all mugshots. White people, why don't y'all wash your legs when you shower? <laughs> How would you know? I've had this conversation. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you too, sincerely, as a person who washes his legs, who's not washing their legs? And there why are people not? that don't wash their legs. White people, get it under control now. That's disgusting. <laughs> <clears throat> How many more? Uh, this is my last one. Okay. Black people, have you ever actually saved the girl in the horror movie by telling everybody where the killer's location is? Mm-hmm. Just wondering. Did you ever stop her from getting stabbed? Just curious. I have one. <laughs> Where is it? Okay. Oh, here's, a, here's one. White people, why do you think it's perfectly acceptable to kiss animals in the lips, then say, their mouths are cleaner than ours? Oh, defensively. <laughs> we totally do that. <laughs> Not me personally, but I've seen it a time or two. It's uh, definitely a thing. Oh, you told me you you've seen women like oh no, other no, dog, no. like the dog will a little and they'll go blah, 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 together. Well, have you seen like those TikTok girls who let the spiders hang out in their mouths? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen like I've seen a, a black guy. It was a, it was actually a black guy. He he was sitting he was standing there. He was looking all cute, and then he opened his mouth, and a bunch of those like water bugs came up. He's definitely got a lot of white friends. Mm -hmm. He was raised by you people. Mm -hmm. What right. was it you were saying today? White people have natural flotation devices, which is why we can all swim. Right here, you have a bubble. And that's why y'all are such good swimmers. You guys must just have, be born with dancing feet because y'all can dance. And we're faster. Most of the time. Yep. Mm. Mm. It's about appreciating the differences, folks. Yep. And that was our first segment of Racial, Racial Retort. Retort. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully nobody was offended. And if you were, eh, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to the next so we've uh we've had ourselves you know obviously a very exciting news cycle like i mentioned before you pretty much can't keep up but every now and again you get something that kind of sticks in your craw mm -hmm. and z had something like that um care to explain yeah i, I don't know what's going like okay there's been a couple of times I've met my father. Mm. One of the times, I think I was maybe 13, and we were going back and forth about uh, gay marriage. Now, this segment is not about gay marriage, but my thing was it'll it'll become normal in society, and then other it'll be I, – I use a slippery slope. Slippery argument. slope's real. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And I was like, whatever. And I was 13, and I was trying to be smart. And plus, you know, you, you haven't been around. So <laughs> I'm right. I am right. If you look at what's happening, and this is the thing, if you're gay, fine, I don't care. But what's happening is you've got these pervs that are hijacking like the transgender movement. Sure. And they're like, oh, I'll just put on a dress and go in the women's bathroom and have a camera. I mean, it, it or not even put on a dress, just go into the women's bathroom. It happens. It's happened time and time again. And the left is like, 
oh, that doesn't happen. These people aren't doing that. That's I because don't believe, they suppress the information on purpose. I also don't believe real transgender people are doing that. I think that real transgender people usually, like the everyday ones, not your Blair Whites and your Caitlyn Jenners that are rich enough and have enough money to look like a, well, maybe Blair White, look more like a woman. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, she just looks, he just looks, he's bad. He. They look like an old female, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. That's the most flattering way of putting it I've ever heard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you get like what a I'm, leathery you, female. You get the point I'm trying to make is that I, I don't think that actual transgenders are have that much confidence and even want to do things like that. Yeah, you know what's crazy to me is like I've I've actually um, had my businesses listed as LGBTQ friendly, even though I didn't set out to do any such thing simply because I treated them like normal people and I let them be customers. I was a bra fitter and this, this uh, guy came in and I fitted him in a bra. He, he brought those little, we call them um, like sticky boobs and you, the cutlets. Yeah. You wear them for like your, your, for your back out dresses and things like that, ladies. And he had one of those because obviously he couldn't fill it up. He didn't have any of the surgeries or anything like that. And I literally fit that man. And um, I saw him in his granny panties and everything. And <laughs> But the thing is, is I never felt threatened, not once. Mm. Now, we did have a guy come in, and I did not help this customer uh, when I used to work lingerie. And he was into wearing ladies' underwear. And <laughs> my friend, a coworker, decided she was going to help him. And I'm like, bro, he's clearly into some freaky stuff. And then she was in the fitting room with him and everything. Now, that was a creep. The guy that I helped, I would say as a Christian, he needs help in, in different ways than the pervert, but he wasn't a pervert. And so I felt fully comfortable helping him pick out a bra and everything um, with some with some lift, actually. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's it's it, This is longstanding tradition, um, trend, I should say, not tradition, mm -hmm. where people who actually have acquaintances and get mm -hmm. into serious conversations or have working business relationships or friendships with actual trans people, actual lesbians, actual homosexuals, they find a very different point of view right. than that that's espoused by the mainstream media or the conversation on Twitter or what's driving policy, because those are the activists. And most of the people that I talk to that are falling into these LGBTQ, AIP, et cetera, et cetera, plus communities, most of them, when you meet them in real life, are actually quite reasonable in, mm -hmm. my, in my experience. Mm -hmm. they, they have this thing, this proclivity, this desire, this lifestyle, whatever. And mostly they just kind of want to keep it to themselves and their community mm -hmm. and not really draw a lot of attention to it because they just don't care. They mm -hmm. just, they like that guy got my thing. I'm good. I like my bar. I go to my spot. I go to my dance club, whatever. But as soon as like the mainstream media hijacks it and then a couple of like prominent activist types see a grift opportunity, they start speaking real loudly for the whole community and the rest of the community is sitting there being like, I didn't elect you to be the king of trans. Right. And so they'll tell me things like, well, I know you don't agree with what I'm doing, mm -hmm. Scotty. I know where you stand, but I like you more than queen trans lady out there because she's actually effing it up for me. You, like on the, the other hand, are at least open <laughs> about the fact that you don't agree, but you still treat me civil, right? Like right. they're more pissed off at the activists, this noisy 1% of squeaky wheels that are out there right. driving policy when they're like, could you just stop speaking for us? You guys are insane. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably the majority of people involved in these communities, to be frankly honest. Well, if there's any transgenders, actual ones um, that are tuning in right now, you're going to be pissed in a second because these types of people are hijacking 
um, your movement. And I'm not, and listen, don't get it twisted. I'm not in this movement. I don't agree with it. I'm not in it. But I think we still need to talk about these people that hijack movements uh, where people are really dealing with problems or they, they dive headfirst in the lifestyle to that lifestyle. They're trying to figure it out yeah. and they're trying to live life. You got these jokers who are like, I know what I'll do. I'll put on a sports bra and I'll go to a spa and I'll show my stuff. Jingy, yeah. jingy. And speaking of which, we've got a we've got a little clip here that we want to show you. We want to get your opinion on it, and we'll give you our analysis as well. So give us just a moment to pull that up. <laughs> but basically, the example that she's describing is quite literal. Uh, it turns out that a transgender individual, or at least one that was claiming to be transgender, walked into a women's spa, into the locker room, and uh, took out the Willis and Doodleberries and just gave them a little show. And this was the... One of the women who was exposed to said Willis Noodleberries complaining to spa management. So you don't, so it's okay. I just want to be clear with you. It's okay. It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women, young little girls under age. Your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Like I asked. It's so he, so he can stay there. He could stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a dick. It lets me know he's a man. He he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female. He is not a female. You know, here's the here's the thing, right? Like this this, this this clerk at this counter is trying to like calmly explain to the to the agitated black woman who just got exposed to someone's penis, claiming to be a email and the first thing he says is well it's about it's about sexual orientation you can tell that like even the liberals don't know the nomenclature they don't know what the rules are because they change too much and too fast and so they just say things that sound like lgbtq friendly like oh it's an, it's it's a lifestyle it's an orientation i mean you, ha you have to accept it you have to accept the lilis and doodleberries that's what we do now mm -hmm. like they don't even know what the rules are yeah. like it's no it's not an orientation a trans person is a person who has decided that they are the other gender it's not a sexual orientation right but they don't they don't know that mm -hmm. they don't know what to say here's the other point that i wanted to make um that i was that i get really upset about i think um where was i i, th I think it was clarence henderson he was speaking one time at a black voices for trump event mm -hmm. and he said he said that uh the lgbtq um, movement has hijacked the civil rights movement and i was like oh oh and you could tell some people in there were like oh we're not supposed to say that and it was mainly black people but even there was two black women on the stage i'm not going to name their names but they were like uh well you know he he old school he he old school and i go preach on clarence i'm like i agree with you and this is this is uh an example live in our face right here where where the black woman because she's clearly black from her voice the black woman clearly her feelings and what she thought was not as important as the what the the clerk thought was a transgender person we are being replaced and i think black people if i can get up on a little tangent for a second black people are being replaced by the lgbtq aip community and we're being replaced by obviously uh, illegal immigrants and um, 
Y'all just aren't as exciting anymore. We're not, we're not important. You guys, anymore. you guys had you guys had the front of the movement all the way up from the civil rights movement up till now. It's time for some chicks with dicks to come in and tell you what what. Exactly. So here we've got uh, now uh, we're skipping ahead about a minute or so because it's mostly just a lot more of the same. Her righteously proclaiming that she was flashed, which is a crime. She in and, most states. and some, some little girls. It would be a form of sexual assault in most states in the contiguous United States, except for the fact that we live in clown world and now it's socially acceptable to do so. If, as long as you proclaim that you are transgender and you are a protected individual, in which case you can commit these crimes with gusto. But anyway, here's some other customers proclaiming that they had an issue as well. Yeah, get your money back. You got a man with his penis talking about he's a woman. He ain't no woman. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, this Asian lady ain't having it. She wants that money back. There's no such thing as transgender. He has a dick. Okay. He has a penis. He has penis is hanging out. Okay. No, I'm not one. Actually, I'm a woman who knows how to stand. All right. So here's what's interesting. As Z was pointing out, right? In most situations, white people are scared of black people. I was just because, about to say that. Because we know that we're not really supposed to talk to you that way. We know that like oh, you're kind of like, oh, the white guilt creeps in or like the civil rights thing kicks in or like, oh, but he just straight up called her a dick with no hesitation, a white dude with a hipper, hipster mustache because he knows that he's got one up on her. He's got the trans card in his pocket. And I'll tell you what, black folks, you remember that black privilege card that we were always joking about for years and years and years? The trans card is gold and yours is silver <laughs> because white boy right here Gets, continues to carry on and not get popped in the face. Stand up and speak up for my right. As a woman, I have a right to feel comfortable yes. without a man yes. exposing himself, okay? No, you go somewhere else. Okay, so that's right. No, he's not a transgender. He has a penis, just like you do. Are you, are you, are you? Look at him, he's looking around like, oh, she's yeah. just a bigot. What okay, are we gonna do? Okay. Not what are you okay. gonna do? Okay, that's traumatizing to no. see that. I'm a woman. I think this is a place right here. I'm told only for women. So how dare you sit up here and tell me I don't have a right as a woman to defend? I'm telling you, he has a penis. Also, the the complaint was, if you read some of the articles, the complaint was that he flashed some women and little girls. He didn't walk by. If you're a homeowner in North Carolina okay. and you are still he didn't walk by and. He didn't walk by and they accidentally, you know, <laughs> accidentally saw it. He flashed them. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was, you know, hiding under yeah. his towel and where the little girls came by playing a game of tag in the locker room with a little too vociferously and knocked it off. Yeah, so you saw the little girls going like this. She was clutching her pearls like, what did I just see? So so now the transgender guy, the transgender guy, quotation marks, is, he trumps the black the, the, uh, a black person, he trumps a woman that's black, and he trumps innocent little girls. He also trumps the law. Right. The law of the land still says, and as a guy who's very familiar with the law and statutes of the law, that is a form of assault. And it can be, depending on the magistrate or the judge that you get, pretty nasty. Now, it could also be a small thing, depending on the judge and magistrate. However, but because everybody right now basically has that same logic as mm -hmm. this white hipster dude in the t-shirt who was saying she was being a dick and he was trying to calmly explain to her irrational a listen you hysterical b it's a transgender person get with the times my goodness these ignoramuses right mm -hmm. boy what does that sound reminiscent of black folks yep 
Also, that wiggle was him wiggling. Mm. Someone said, what was that wiggle? Right. So <laughs> as long as I ascribe to the LGBTQ mafia mm -hmm. ideology, I can tell her to shut up and sit down any dang well time I please. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Hmm. Something to think about. Yep. Something to think about, folks. Yeah. Also, don't take your Willis out in front of little girls, you freaking perverts, or I'm going to cut it off. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect opportunity for us to plug uh, Duel and Rahim's wonderful The Urban Conservative, mm -hmm. or Tuck for short, which I like to call it. If you're interested in getting a subscription, and you very well should be, you can get more content like ours. You can also get The Urban Conservative Show with Adul and Rahim and all of their amazing guests. They're really doing a fantastic job pulling in people who are movers and shakers in the political scene, people who are actually taking steps to fight back against the cultural decay that is America, people who are in the midst of clown world and can give you good insights and help you prepare for battle. So if this is something that you guys are interested in, if you have a libertarian streak, if you have a conservative streak, if you're a Christian, if you like chicken and waffles, if you think Z and I are hilarious, then this is the network for you. So please tune in, follow us, share it with all your friends, pay the $10 a month, you cheap bastards, and come and support the fight. Because, hey, look, it's like Dennis Prager says, look, there's people who fight and then there's people who support the fighters. If you're not interested in getting in front of a camera and embarrassing yourself like Z and I, then you got to send us some money. Yep. <laughs> If you like Sloppy Joe, subscribe to the Urban Conservative. <laughs> and that brings us to our next segment. So as many of you probably know, I am quite the expert in the use of force. Now, this is context specific. I have uh, experience in law enforcement. I'm also an experienced law enforcement instructor. Um, I was a Krav Maga instructor and ran a couple of schools for about 10 years. Prior to that, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. I've also been trained by a Blackwater certified firearms instructor, and I don't need to list all my bona fides, really. It just yes, makes me sound do. like I'm boasting. Yes, you do, because people will say, oh, you know what he's talking about. I'm also a HEMA instructor at this point in the game, which is historical European martial arts. So I train people in the way of the sword. Uh, specifically, I focus on the Italian school, 15th century Bolognese. Um, I've studied MMA in the sense that I've done a lot of Muay Thai. Um, I'm probably a white belt with a couple of stripes in BJJ just because I'm never consistently going. Don't tell him about that time I beat you up. Point is, if it involves killing people or subduing people or choking people out, I've probably studied it and I love it. And more importantly, just not just for the attraction of the violence or for a vigorous workout, but because I actually want to show other people how to use it to mm, strengthen themselves, to give them more resolve, to give them a good fitness alternative to the usual paths, and also to give them more confidence and to help them live a fuller and more secure life. Now, that being said, I've got this really silly hobby where I tend to like to watch crimes in progress or footage of crimes and to analyze them. And so we've decided that this would be an interesting addition to the show. So our next segment, Use of Force. Z, we have a video. We mm -hmm. might pulling it up for us. Surely. I'm going to give you guys my analysis and feel free to chime in at any time. So what we have here, uh, and this is already pulled up, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So what we have here is Salt Lake City, Utah. A woman, a Caucasian woman, was seen and caught on camera at a gas station running in a panic, screaming, help, 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 and going to the other uh, patrons at the pumps for assistance. Go ahead and press play. Last night, police got a call. A woman, possibly a teenager, was kidnapped. A couple witnesses reported hearing her yell, help, please help me. That's when this man enters a picture chasing after her. As she crawls under a bystander's truck, he drags her out. Was taken from underneath the vehicle. She was hoisted up over onto his shoulder. She was kicking. And dude's just standing there, help, just leaning against his truck, just like, and she was <laughs> hey, bro, have a good time. Yet police suspect the bystander she, did nothing Girls, to help. am I right? I really had a hard time trying to locate the people that were there. As police work to locate that key witness, drivers like Charles Albert, who got the Amber Alert, are still concerned. To be that involved where he rips her out from underneath the vehicle and he doesn't help her at all? Like, that's not cool. Police support bystanders stepping in to help, but say it's a personal choice. All right. So there's a lot to unpack there, wouldn't you say, Z? Yeah. That's really, as a small female, that's really scary. So... This is something that I've been noticing is becoming a trend and it's and it's become a serious issue in other countries enough that other countries are actively paying people to study this phenomenon. China has actually had this problem for decades now where they have this extreme bystander effect, it's called. Now, let's say you have an active shooter situation. Some guy comes out screaming with a AR-15, a scary black rifle or whatever, and starts mowing people. All right. A certain degree of paralysis is expected. You basically have your fight, your flight, or your freeze response. Now, a lot of people say fight or flight. The truth is, is that freeze is the one that happens most often. Mm. Because if you're not trained or if you've never dealt with a stressful situation of that caliber, you aren't accustomed to violence, you haven't done stress inoculation drills, you haven't been around firearms a lot, that kind of stuff makes you kind of – and you lock up like a prey mammal, mm -hmm. like a rabbit or something. Mm -hmm. And so – a lot of people will get into these situations where, say, when I was a child, I witnessed a woman commit suicide. Mm. And it was a very stressful thing for me to see. And I was very young. Mm. So I locked up. And I remember distinctly feeling like it felt like I had concrete around my ankles and around my wrists and I physically couldn't move. Mm. And I was watching it happen as she dived in front of a train. This is a very similar description most people will give in situations like what Jeez. we just saw. If mm -hmm. It's the first time of them ever actually seeing a crime in progress, mm -hmm. right? Now... There's a few things that I want to break down for everybody. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back up or Z will, if, if you don't mind, uh, let's just, let's just go ahead and keep playing, but let's, let's take their volume all the way down. So you'll notice that in the camera footage that they receive, you can see this woman and you can hear this woman, according to the police reports and the eyewitness reports, she has been screaming for help and she runs across this parking lot looking for assistance mm -hmm. and she runs straight up to what looks like maybe the biggest guy she could find that was accessible. Um, and you can see here the kidnapper in hot pursuit, right? Looks like a couple of Caucasians. Now she, she gets to this guy and they skip the footage, but you can see she crawls under and according to the footage, she crawls under the guy's truck to get away from this guy as she's saying, help me. And you'll notice that the guy that she is seeking help from 
just casually leans against the bed of his truck and continues to pump his gas. I don't know what kind of words were exchanged. Neither does the news people. They're still trying to find this eyewitness. But watch as he just waits and lets this woman get taken away, screaming, kicking, fighting, and pleading for her life. Now, here's the thing, guys. I get it. I have been downtown on a drunken night or two, and I have seen some couples get into some weird situations mm -hmm. where they get into heated back and forth, and the girl starts screaming at him and saying, no, no, no. And, you know, maybe he gets a little manhandly with her, and then they start making out outside the bar, and it gets awkward, and you have to turn your head, right? This is obviously not that situation. So this guy does not have that as a defense. Now, I understand as a bystander, you think to yourself, why would I get involved? Why would I do something like that? Let's break it down in terms of morality, legality, and your potential use as a somebody who, who's, who's somebody who would intervene, right? Anytime you go out in public, you have to ask yourself, am I prepared to intervene on someone else's behalf? And this is the sheepdog mentality. A lot of people don't have this. A lot of people don't ask themselves this question and they aren't prepared to do anything. If you are going to be one of the sheep, remain one of the sheep. Do not intervene if you are not prepared to intervene because you may get yourself killed. You also may get yourself into some legal quagmires because you might do things that are not appropriate or you may use too much force or too little force and something bad happens. So that's why it's so important to be trained, to be prepared or to at least have the proper tools on you so that you can handle situations like this. Mm -hmm. Now, when you see this situation with this gentleman is obviously in hot pursuit of this girl and she seems very agitated and terrified, even if I gave him the best possible interpretation, right? Let's say put it in the best possible light. And I think, okay, maybe she's just really drunk or on drugs. And he's like, no, no, no. I really need to get you home, Chrissy. She's freaking out, man. <laughs> like right. I need to get her home. Mm -hmm. I would probably still intervene and get between the two of them because it's just too, mm -hmm. just too off. Now here's the thing, right? This guy is obviously pretty tall. If you look at the footage, he's about on par or slightly taller than the other individual who looks like a above average size kind of dude. It's kind of hard to tell in the footage. But the point is, is that the size doesn't matter. When someone comes to you for help, you're in it now. And so you now have a moral decision to make. Do I intervene or do I not intervene? And it doesn't matter if you're a five foot female granny and you're only and you're in your 80s, or if you're a super jacked MMA fighter in his 20s, that person comes to you for help, you now have to make the moral decision to say yes or no, in your own head. Now, I know what I would say. I think I know what Z would say. And it's, I don't know what you would say, but you need to know before the situation happens, not during. It's a decision that you make up in your own mind, whether or not you're gonna be the kind of person who intervenes or not. Now let's talk about legality. In this situation- Can I, can I interject? Absolutely. I, I think also when you think about that type of thing, you also wanna make sure that you're ready to deal with that situation. Of I had a, a cousin who has a friend, he was uh, mid to late twenties and he saw a similar situation like at, at a gas station. Um, for some reason he had, he left his gun in the car and he just, I think he just went off on instinct, left his gun in the car cause he didn't like carrying it on him because he was afraid, <laughs> but he had, excuse me, but he had one and um, he went and intervened on behalf of this young lady and got, and he was shot and killed. And so I was like, oh, if he just didn't have, if he didn't leave his gun in the car, maybe he would have had it pointed at the guy before the other guy could draw or whatever. Because the situation, you, you know, it wasn't a guy that 
that trains with Absolutely. guns. So that guy w- was murdered. And so I think if you're going to intervene, you better be darn ready. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, right? It's not always going to be life or death, but you do have to be prepared for it to be life or death. And that preparation will set you apart. Now, in this situation, again, we've got, um, you know, woman pleading for help. She's crawling under your car. And then the kidnapper just kind of casually comes over and grabs her and walks away. Slow the man down, right? He's got both hands on this screaming, struggling female. What's he going to do to you? I mean, look, guy looks like he's wearing board shorts and a, and a tank top. I mean, is, does he have any active weapons on him? Was he running with a knife? He clearly looks like he's dis, like he's unarmed. So in this situation, if you have any force multiplier at all available to you, pull it. Use it as a deterrent. Brandish it. Present it and get into a good, safe distance and say, look, step away from the female. I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. Ask questions. We're going to get the cops over here to sort it out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if the guy decides to fight you, well, you're prepared. You've made You've created safe space, safe distance. You can engage them with your force multiplier. Now, let's say that you don't have that. All right. You still get between him and the female. You put your hands up in a position like this. It's non-threatening, but you can get into a position to cover your head if he decides to go for you. You've got cameras everywhere. You've got other witnesses, other people at the pumps, other people with cell phones. Anybody can call the cops if he decides he wants to brawl with you. But you have to decide, am I going to just let this girl get carried off on the shoulders of some potential rapist or mass murderer? Because I'm too scared or I don't care. I don't understand the situation. So my blood boils when I look at videos like this. I can tell. Your personal safety, your desire to stay out of other things does not trump that girl's pleas for help. It does not. Under no circumstances. Well, what about my family? What about all the kids I have at home and all these sorts of things? That's life. You're going to be presented with situations where you may be the single arbiter, the single thing that makes a difference in someone else's life. And if you choose in that moment to just stand there casually leaning against your truck like this guy, you're going to remember it as a single word, coward. That's all I have to say about it. I feel like I want to pray now (laughs) and repent. The other thing I would add to everybody in the audience is that after seeing this, it is so important that you have empty handed skills, that you train up in the use of firearms, that you carry things like oleo resin capsicum, OC spray, pepper spray, um, and that you know how to use these tools and that you're prepared to use them. We're living in clown world, people. Just because it hasn't happened to you yet doesn't mean you should pretend like this is the 90s or the early aughts. You are not safe in this world doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter where you happen to live or how privileged you are. Everybody is coming out of the woodwork. The crazies are getting all these screen time and they're getting bail. All right. You need to be prepared. And here's the other thing you have to remember. If this video proves anything, it's that you are on your own. If that girl knew how to fight, if she had the tools, if she was prepared, maybe she wouldn't have gotten kidnapped in the first place. But she had nothing. And so she did the first thing that most people would do. She ran for help. Was there any? She got right under the guy's truck and the guy was standing right there and she got nothing. But here's a good question that uh, Bob asked. Why not write that, write the plate numbers and, down and call 911? Because the problem is, the other problem with this story is that they don't know where the girl is. As far as I know, they still haven't found the girl because of that. Well, so. according, according to the news article, they did actually put the kidnapper in cuffs. Okay. Because people who witnessed it were able to get enough description that the cops are able to figure out okay. who the guy's identity. So I guess was. that's another. So so here's here's the thing, right? This story does have a happy ending. 
because there were eyewitnesses. The camera footage did help the cops find the guy and put him in jail and recover the girl. Mm -hmm. My question isn't about what happened in this particular video. My question is the hypothetical. It is, do we have a responsibility to our fellow citizens when they ask us for help in a desperate situation? And my philosophy is absolutely 100% yes. Now, your question is, why not take a more passive approach and simply observe and report? That is actually a fantastic strategy. If you do not have the skills and you have not packed your gun, as you gave the unfortunate example, or maybe your OC spray or whatever, maybe you're not confident in a fist fight, all right? Maybe you haven't done the training. That's perfectly fine for you to take a more cautious approach. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, even if you are the observe and report guy, when she's right there in front of you under your car begging you for help and you just sit there continuing to pump your gas, mm. that has nothing to do with observe and report. That has everything to do with apathy. Yeah. <sighs> Train people. Make the time. Be prepared. Know your tools. Know how to be, know how know some empty handed skills. Um, there's a fantastic YouTube channel that does an analysis on this kind of stuff called uh, Active Self Protection or ASP. Um, check them out sometime if you have an interest in this kind of stuff. And he does great breakdowns on these kinds of videos from all over the world. And he's been around for at least seven years. Mm -hmm. um, good channel, good material. Um, and we're going to keep talking about these things too. Who knows? Maybe we'll go live and watch uh, Scotty train. Uh, Shirtless I need to on get a in beach. better shape again. I've been the shirtless on a fitness. beach with oil glistening. Definitely going to need to <laughs> go on a diet. On that note, <laughs> on that note, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you also smash that share button and share it with all of your friends. Text all of your side chicks, text all of, all of your actual baby mamas, text all of your white friends and all of your black friends and tell them to subscribe to this channel so that they become can become thinkers and think through life and the clown world that we're living in and watch Scotty uh, train on the beach shirtless uh, with baby oil um, all over. I didn't promise. I didn't agree to that. Um, also, hit the notification bell. Apparently, the subscribe thing doesn't necessarily mean as much. Yeah. It's not consistent. I've had issues with it. So if you want a guaranteed update on all of our shows and content, notification bell will help. Um, other than that, you can find our content sometimes live on the Facebook. Mm -hmm. We'll be posting fun little blurbs on Instagram as well. But if you really want the juicy stuff, you got to get behind that paywall. Yes, please get behind the paywall because we get asked a lot of questions, uh, Scotty and I. And they're always really interesting, which mm -hmm. leads us into our next segment. Mm, of, nice segue. That was good. Yes, because we have a, a Q&A. Now, normally, later on down the road, right now you're getting it for free. But later on down the road, you're going to have to get behind the paywall and pay for a, was it $10 subscription for a year of excellent content to watch a beautiful black woman and a gorgeous white man and two twins that's everyone's favorite dream. Two twins talking about politics. Mm, oh they are my, pretty hilarious. Too. Oh, my goodness. And they're pretty. Calm down. Sorry. Also, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the shout out, Nicholas. We appreciate the input. Yes, yes. All right. So this is the big Q&A. This has been in the works for a while now. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually tried to shoot a video on this, but we got foiled by technical issues as well as uh, creative brain drain. We were just too drained to get yeah. through an episode. So. Yep. We have saved it 
for you, the mm. people. We polled a lot of folks and we got a lot of really interesting answers. Now, nobody wanted to give their location, their age, or any additional information, but some of them were willing to give their first names. So I'm going to read a few and then you'll read a few. Some of these are addressed to both of us as the two Americas. Some of us are addressed to me personally or to you individually. Okay. So I will start with our first question of our big Q&A. You and Zynga advocate open carrying weapons. Does that cause you problems? Have you ever had to use them defensively? Wes. Um, it hasn't caused me any problems. I think mostly people think I'm like cute in between and they're like, all right, little lady. And they think it's cool. Most, most of the time though, I am uh, concealing my my gun um i will open carry uh the reverse karambit you got me so I'll, i will open carry and we have matching knives do you have yeah. it on you? I, got, I got mine on right here we got matching knives see. for valentine's day oh, take it on and everything and so i don't know if you can really see there you go this is actually a smith and wesson uh fairly affordable uh the reason it's a reverse karambit is because usually karambits have all these fancy moves that you have to do uh, this kind of takes away the necessity for that, but it keeps the retention ring. So for all you knife nerds out there, this is a great little gift for people who aren't super knife savvy or know the techniques, but you, you still want to be able to stabby stabby and cut cut without losing the knife. That's what the little finger rings for. Now, this is my problem because I have a little baby hand. Like that is so uncomfortable because my hand is all the way down there well, and I can't really sing it. So I can't just give you that back. <laughs> so I will, I will carry uh, my knife that's just like that. Uh, in that manner, like on the side, mm -hmm. but um, I kind of stopped because I don't know why. No, I well, know been, I, I went through chemo a lot more lately. Yeah, I went through chemo and I was like, I ain't putting all that stuff on. I'm tired. <laughs> Knife, gun, yeah. all these other things. But I haven't run into any problems. No, I have. On the other hand, um, I actually have used this particular knife specifically twice in the last few months to foil a strong arm robbery where a guy was going to hit me in the head with a boulder as I was trying to help him with his car, but I got wise to his little scheme and another situation where somebody was being a little bit threatening and all I had to do was show them that I had the knife in the sheath and they backed off. Mm -hmm. So don't ever let leftists tell you that the mere act of brandishing or possessing a weapon doesn't deter crime. The CDC backs us up on this, that it's about 500,000 to 3 million estimated defensive gun and knife uses that keep people safe without even the necessity of firing in all cases or cutting in my case. So to answer Wes's question, yes, we do open carry. No, it doesn't give us any problems. And yes, we have had to use them defensively and it was effective. I did get in trouble for carrying my knife into the doctor um, when I was going through chemo. You didn't get in trouble. They just kind of politely she scolded like, you. girl, if I can't bring mine, you can't bring yours. <laughs> exactly. I, said, I won't bring it next time. Um, All right. Give us a question, darling. Okay. Ooh, this is a good, no, no, that's not a good one. Oh, here's a nice one. You two are a beautiful couple. Mm. As a high school student, I want what you two have. Z, oh, this is from you. <laughs> what advice would you give a young woman looking for her mans? If you're in high school, don't look for a mans. Um, you're not going to find a mans, especially in today's age. Like, gone are the days where you marry your high school sweetheart and then he works at the mill and y'all buy a house. Like, kids are stupid now. You have TikTok now. And uh, everyone's dumb. Don't look for a man's uh, in high school. Uh, when you get a little bit older, don't sleep around. 
But here's the biggest thing. The reason why I never, well, first of all, I wasn't allowed to date in high school, but boys didn't like me anyway because I played basketball and I would rather beat them at basketball than like go have a shake with them. <laughs> so uh, I didn't have that issue as much. But when I did get a little bit older and I could make my own decisions as far as who I date, um, I knew that I had a higher purpose. I just knew it. Like even when I was a kid, everything that I wanted to do, I was always influencing a bunch of people. And and so if I saw a guy and we would just have fun for six months and then we break up and I'd be sad, I would just be like, ooh, he'd be a lot of fun today, but I'm not even going to go there. So have some self-worth, work on yourself a little bit or a lot of it and um, decide what you want in a guy. So when I met Scotty, he had all these things that I wanted and I was like, all right, I'm sold. I don't need to look anymore unless he has some hidden crazy. Not yet. I mean... She's seen me on this show, so there's not a lot of hidden crazy. It's just kind of out there. Yeah. Uh, Valerie Miller asked us a wonderful question. She said, what is the best way to tell someone to defend themselves against domestic violence? And, of course, they won't leave. Uh, Valerie, this is a really stressful situation, and I've dealt with a lot of domestic situations. They're the worst. There's a reason that um, as far as law enforcement is, like troopers, uh, sheriffs, local police officers. Those are the dreaded calls, domestic disputes. They never know what they're walking into high volatility. There's usually mm. drugs or alcohol involved mm. and you can never depend on anybody to keep their story straight. And there's almost always violence. Mm. A lot of people end up dead as a result of domestics. Mm. If you are in a relationship where an individual is coming into your domicile, your safe place, right? Your home, and you can't get them to leave using reasonable means, you're in an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're already like, yeah, duh, what's the next step? The next step is to make sure that you have a support system and that you have steps in place to protect yourself. You aren't at the mercy of this individual simply because you have a relationship sexual. Otherwise you still have a duty to your family, to your friends and to yourself to make sure that you survive, that you're always safe and that you're healthy and that yeah. you can go to work the next day. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the whims of some larger abusive individual are. Mm -hmm. You still have a responsibility to yourself to make sure that they don't do anything to you. Mm -hmm. If that means sleeping in someone else's house and making the cops take care of it, or making sure that you have a bunch of robust men there who care about you in your social circle, do what you must. But always make sure that you take steps to document and that you inform this person, this person who is giving you this grief, that you are not welcome. I've given you multiple commands to leave the presence, leave my presence to get out of my property, right? Now they are trespassing. Now they can be legally handled. If you decide to call the police at that point and they continue to be rough and continue to be aggressive, now you're in a very serious criminal situation. And now you can pretty much do whatever you need to do to get them out of there. She added and not hurt them permanently. That's gonna be on them, not you. Yeah, I don't know. You won't get to make that decision in most self-defense situations, they decide, and we simply have to react as our training dictates. If this person starts slamming your head into a counter, you're now in a lethal force situation, and you have to do whatever it takes to get them to stop cramming your cranium into linoleum or into wood. The way I think granite. about it is that they've, they've now forfeited their right to live. Correct. Or to And legally, be... this is the case as well. Right. The term that most lawyers will use in these types of situations is objectively reasonable. Mm -hmm. Was the amount of force used by the defendant or the victim reasonable given the totality of the circumstances? If you are smaller, you're not much in terms of punching people, 
You don't exactly go out and power lift. And then you have a larger male slamming your head around, slapping you around, telling you he's going to do all kinds of things to you be because you said this, you be. That's why in most domestic disputes or in violent disputes where there's a disparity of force between the male and the female, the female tends to have a lot more legal leeway. So if you're in that situation, rip and tear. Do whatever it takes to get out alive. Let the courts decide the rest later and just make sure that you tell them honestly why you did what you did. As long as you can clearly articulate it and it wasn't a revenge play or some kind of setup, they will almost always declare for the defendant or the victim. Now, you may still love the person, but that doesn't mean that you have to forfeit your right to make sure that they get out safe. If they are trying to use you in such a way where they're incapable of controlling their rage and their problems that it causes you permanent harm, mm -hmm. you don't have to be Jesus in that situation. You don't have to martyr yourself for them. Rip and tear. Get away safely. Yeah. All right. Uh, sexual relationship is the wrong person. Make everything complicated. My heart is with you, heart. Well, I'm sorry you're in that situation, Miss King. I, I sincerely hope that you know, that, that maybe you're speaking on the behalf of a friend. Another question. Uh, this one's addressed to me. Scott, you work in a jail. Used to, as of two weeks ago. I am free of that. But the question still stands. What was it like during the pandemic, Lauren? Well, Lauren, uh, it was hell. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody realizes it because you might be all nice of law-abiding folks who don't get yourselves into uh, jail very often. But here's what jail looks like in the American justice system currently across the contiguous United States. Because of COVID protocols, if you get arrested for so much as ignoring a speeding ticket or a failure to appear in court, they put you in handcuffs, they take your butt to jail, you get processed, fingerprinted, searched, and the whole shebang, you get put into admin seg. That is administrative segregation. Every person on the planet gets put in the hole. Why? Why would you get put in the hole? You didn't do anything crazy. You're not a violent criminal. You're not Kaiser Sosa. You didn't punch anybody on the way in. You cooperated the whole way. You're going to get put in 23 and a half hour lockdown every single day for 15 days straight regardless because they don't want you spreading the COVID in their jails. doesn't matter if you pass the questionnaire. doesn't matter if you come out clean. doesn't matter if they get temperature seems normal. You will get put in admin seg regardless. Even if you're innocent of the crime, the way the justice system works is they still have to detain you and give you a safe place to live and eat. And that means a single room cell with no running water necessarily that you have to press a button to come out and use the bathroom, assuming the guards even there or even paying attention or really feels like letting you out at that particular moment. And then you have no Bible, no books, no possessions, no toys, no balls, nothing to play with, no way to keep your time except you and your thoughts and a little bit of state sanctioned uniform and sheets wait, and blankets. Wait, no balls. Uh, you know, I mean, someplace, some guys might give you a bait, like a baseball or a racquetball or something. You can bounce <laughs> against the wall. Anything, you get nothing because it's a disease vector. Because you touch it, you could get COVID on it and spread it to somebody else. You get to sit in a room doing nothing 23 and a half hours a day because of COVID. Now, that being said, you can imagine how agitated people are in a jail. Also, everybody and their dog hates law enforcement right now because somehow we're really bad, even though everybody's just they. blowing up leftist cities left and right and causing $2 billion in profit. You know, they, you're not law damage. enforcement anymore. Yeah. So you're not in the club. Yeah. 
every time some black guy decides that he wants to like victimize somebody and stick a gun in a pregnant woman's belly and then get himself high on fentanyl and kill himself, we're the bad guy. So hmm, it's uh, it's 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 a hellish situation because the staffing is so severely short that most jails are operating below legal limits. But most news and most people in areas don't want to basically comment on this or reveal this to the general public because one, it would be bad PR. And two, because a lot of these politicians and administrators are Democrats themselves. So they tend to keep it under wraps. Um, the other thing is, is that use of force in jails has gone down significantly, but the number of violent incidences has risen incredibly. So in an effort to avoid bad press where it shows law enforcement people, you know, slamming people on camera and ending up on the news, we've basically gotten our hands tied to such a degree that they can spit in our face, act a fool and act like lunatics. And they don't really expect much of a proportional response in terms of violence. They can pretty much do what they want. And as a result, the number of fights between inmates has risen. The number of suicide attempts has gone up. The number of situations in which they threaten or feel like they can disrespect or um, threaten a guard or guard's family has gone up. And what do we do in response? We try to talk reasonably to them to see what's going on in their head and see if maybe we can find a peaceable solution. <laughs> and that's why I quit. <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> next question, darling. Um, <laughs> where was it? It's uh, pretty much why am I dating a white supremacist and why, <laughs> why don't I find myself a black king? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who said this? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I did ask the movie question. That was pretty racially insensitive. <laughs> Um, Don't go in there, Chrissy. He's behind the door. <laughs> black men are have not been, on average, super attracted to me. Um, I met Scott online, and even online, it was uh, mostly white guys. <laughs> I don't know why. She has a type, gentlemen. I don't know why. No, it wasn't me. They were hollering at your girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, whatever. You know, you just. I don't care about race. I was just trying to find someone. Um, I have wondered if it's be because my dad isn't in my life that I'm less attractive to, to black men, but I don't think that's the case because I see plenty of attractive black men, especially when they put on like a three-piece suit. They look really nice, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. It's the, these, these jokers that be like, hey there, lady. <laughs> Want to go have some coffee? <laughs> This was not on purpose. I did not set out to find myself a white man. And it's not because I hang out with Republicans. I didn't meet Scott that way. I met him online. But you, we talked about this, that my, oh, I'm like a cool girl. Mm -hmm. Like I like beer and smoking cigars and sports and stuff like that and um, things like that. So I said, maybe I attracted white guys. Maybe white guys like the, the cool girl more. Like, if you think about the cool girl, there's like a, a whole thing with women about the cool girl. And it's always rom-coms, but with white, white, white people. So maybe white guys like the cool girl. Because I was like shooting AR-15s on my profile and, um, and talking about stupid stuff. So I don't know. Well, you know, I like her. It wasn't on purpose at all. 
I mean, she shoots guns. She's real cute. She wears crop tops and shows off her cute little tummy. She's got a great personality and she tolerates my insanity. Mine. And his long windedness. <laughs> ah, shush. Everything I say has a point. It just takes me a while to get there. All right. So another question. <clears throat> Scott, what was it about Zynga that made you fall in love with her? Cassie. Oh. Oh, that's sweet. Um, lots of things. I, I was... First of all, I was using a filter essentially to figure out who I wanted to be with permanently. I was looking for a wife, potentially wife. And when I met her, she met all the basic criteria, the, the sort of gatekeeping criteria. She was a Christian. She was a conservative. And she wanted to raise kids the same way as I did. Everything else at that point was just getting to know her and kind of getting to know who she was personally. What made me really fall in love with her after I kind of got past the basic requirements is just that she has such an adventurous heart. And she is so much fun. And she makes me feel good. Like I'll come up with a harebrained scheme or an idea and she'll be like, Oh, tell me more. That sounds kind of cool. You know? And, and if, and if, and if it's like, Hey, let's go shooting and walk the dog. She's like, I'm down. Ow. Like she's just easy to be with. Ow. And, uh, <laughs> she wants to have my ashy little babies. So there's that. <laughs> Her words, not mine. <laughs> man i think it's time to call this a night <laughs> no 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 no. we got time for a couple more questions okay uno let's mas. give the viewers what they want okay um let's see <laughs> oh this is a good one and i'll probably just let you answer this because you're gonna have a long answer i'll try to keep it brief okay do you think conservative the conservative right is going to have uh, as much power over the culture someday as the left does today from Vincent. From Vincent. Well, Vincent, it's hard to say. Um, history is kind of like a brute swinging wildly back and forth. You know, it's like a pendulum. I mean, back in medieval Europe, we basically had Christianity was the dominant ideological framework. Mm -hmm. Whether you disagreed because you had different factions or whatever was irrelevant. Christianity was sort of like the subconscious of Europe during the 12th to 16th century. I mean, that's a long time to be on top. Mm -hmm. We ain't on top anymore. We're still present and God still works his magic. He still does what he does and he's always moving and shaking, but there will be times where just like a sine wave yep. on a heart monitor where it seems like we're getting kicked out of the, out of Egypt and we're in the wilderness. And then there'll be times where we're Constantinople and it's, literally against the law to not be a Christian. I'm not saying I advocate for either perspective. Right. But the point is, yes, I actually do think there will be a time where the backlash is so severe against the radical left that the ascendant culture will be more right wing and conservative. And that even the centrists will take on a lot of our demeanors and a lot of our talking points and our fashion. Uh, I had this conversation with my friend Jagger once where I said, I was watching MTV or BET or something like that. And the girls were coming out basically like stripper outfits, even though it was supposed to be like G rated television for kids with a music video. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of said sarcastically, I'm like, I'm at some point, are they just going to get bored with all this and just go naked? And he said, no, mm -mm. he's like, I think it'll go the other way. He's like, I think within like 20, 15, 20 years, you'll have women wearing high collars and long sleeves again and long dresses. And I'm like, really? He's like, dude, he's like, 
they're going to swing the other direction at some point. She might disagree. <laughs> not, not in that. I do think this. I think that if it happens, if the if the conservative right does become dominant in the culture, it'll have to be on purpose, because and I won't go through it. But I love David Barton uh, of Wall Builders, yes. and he talks a lot about how uh, progressive atheists have um, not altered, but they've covered up certain parts of our history that are very Christian history of this country. I mean. And it was on purpose, and um, it was very um, um, uh, pur purposeful. <laughs> so if we if we do take uh, take back the culture, it'll have to be on purpose, intentional. That's the word I was looking for, Correct. and it'll have to be very intentional. That's why you should subscribe to the Urban Conservative because this is a part of it, though. I know that's a plug, but seriously, like. We have two rappers, mm. uh, two guys. Also, Raheem's music is, I really like it because it's, it's not like, like, I can tell what he's saying and he's actually got a point to his music. I actually bought some of his music and it, it's good. He's like, he's taking back the culture and yeah, we're chipping away at it. And yeah, it's hard because we get censored and, and, and yada, yada, yada. But if we are intentional about it and we keep punching at it, and punching at it and punching at it we will uh that was a fantastic segue way to use the question to set you up for the plug that was really good she's getting good at this <laughs> oh this is a sweet question you two are a beautiful couple as a high school student i want what you two have z what yeah, advice i answered this was it this one specifically mm -hmm. oh my bad i'm sorry you just want me to say it again mm, maybe mm, let's see hmm Oh, I agree with that, Erica. If we have more fathers in the home, we'll have more conservative daughters. I'm a daddy's little girl at heart. And so I I mean, if my if my father was in the house and he was like, we're gonna be this way, I'd have been like, You're darn right, we are dad. <laughs> <laughs> and no one would have been able to change my mind. <laughs> oh, here's one to dress to me about you. Scott, why would you marry a black woman with all the trouble that could bring? I'm not against it. It just seems like an unnecessary risk in today's world, Aziz. What well, do you mean trouble? Well, Aziz, I get where you're coming from, but I don't, I don't really sympathize. The truth is, is that hmm. it has never been easier to date somebody outside your race than it is present day. Yeah. The mainstream media lies for a living. It is literally their job to divide and conquer us as a culture so that they can dictate whatever bizarro world they want to dictate from on high. And the best thing that they can do is keep blacks and whites fighting each other like cats and dogs over stupid ish so that they can keep getting ratings. Mm -hmm. This is why she and I can roast each other without getting all offended. All right. So what I would say is if you enter into a situation where you find a woman you're romantically interested in and a family is a bunch of racist a-holes, then just focus on her. All right. Focus on you too. Focus on God. Right? Maybe they'll heal their hearts eventually. But the truth is, is that this isn't the 1950s Deep South, you know, Mississippi, right? And we've been in the Deep South together. And, it and it's fine. Everybody loves us together. I will say this. If you're, um, doesn't matter which race, um, don't date someone that has a fetish for your race. I think that's weird. Because they're with you for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And, um, and don't date someone that is like, Sympath like I, like I see a lot of YouTubers who are interracial couples and they use kind of the same shtick that we do, and I mean it's not a shtick it's real and uh, they 
the the white man is always like, you know, I, I had to really learn about the oppression that she's. It's so. Weenies. It's like they're so cucked. And they get into a relationship and they think the woman's beautiful and they like the lips and the booties and the hips and stuff like that. And then, well, I don't have a lot of it. Sorry. But they, they, uh, then they go, they get cucked, I guess, while they're dating. And then they just kind of like, well, I understand where you're coming from. And I try to be sympathetic towards the fact that, you know, she has a hard life and, you know, she, she her boss doesn't like her natural hair. And, and I really have to, oh, don't date someone like that. That's terrible. Guys. So fake. If he had done anything like that, he would have been gone fast. The reason that I get along so well with people outside of my own race is because I don't give a crap about race. I literally don't change. I'm telling you, gentlemen, stop lying to yourself and stop lying to other people. Mm -hmm. Just be yourself. If you occasionally say something insensitive, okay. It's not the biggest, it's not a big deal. If they actually like you for who you are, they'll forgive you and vice versa. Black people say offensive stuff to me all the time. It's like, you just don't know what you're talking about. All right. One more question in each, and then we got to wrap this up. So what do you got? Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> How about this one? Nazinga, after wearing a wig for cancer, will you continue to wear them, or will you go back to your natural hair? Camille. Um, It's freaking hot. <laughs> it is hot. It's hot. And this is the thing. My hair is about this long right now, which is great. It's getting along well. But, like, I like to change up my hair. Even when I had hair, like, people, I would go to, like, Republican events, and people would be like, hello, young lady. And I'm like, Cheryl, it's me. <laughs> she, They would recognize me because one minute I have, like, faux locks. The next minute I have my natural hair. The next minute, you know, like, it, I was always changing my hair. So I do, like, I don't mind my short hair and I kind of like put some that wrapping foam on it and get it to lay down because it sticks up. And then my hair for some reason right here grows really fast, much faster than the rest of my head. And, and then I look like a little baby. Uh, but I hate that I look in my shadow when I don't wear a wig and I look like a little teenage boy. <laughs> I hate that. And it makes it go, Ur! and then when I wear a wig, I'm, a, I'm usually on the uncomfortable side. So I probably won't. I tried the wig thing when I wasn't sick. I was in my mid 20s and I was like, Yeah, this isn't me. Mm -mm. But now, like, man, I'm like, Man, I want a braid. So I bought myself a braid wig. And then I'm like, Man, I kind of want my hair straight and long. So I got this one. Huh, it's an ordeal. <laughs> I like her natural hair personally. I think it's cute. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I have a good one. Shoot. Scott Z's the perfect woman. How do I catch a lady like that? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Dustin. Dustin. All right, Dustin. Oh, wait, Daniel, sorry. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel and Dustin's out there. The answer to your question, <laughs> you have to earn them. This was the big problem that I had. I thought I was good enough as is going into my 20s and into my 30s. I believed that the same crap the society force feeds a lot of people. Oh, well, you're good enough as you are. You need to find someone who loves you for you. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. no, if you want to be with someone like this, <laughs> you have to work your butt off. And that's not just in terms of money. It's not just in terms of your looks. It's not just in terms of your sexual marketplace value, if you will. It has to do with your psyche. It has to do with your soul. Mm -hmm. You have to be in a position where you are worthy of a person like this. Z is a heck of a woman. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be worthy of Z unless I was in the right place with God and I was ready to lead and to be 
a proper partner for her, right? A man's role in a relationship is a serious role with a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so unless you're willing to take on that responsibility and kick butt doing it, you probably have no business dating seriously whatsoever. And so until you feel like you've got enough of your personal problems and enough of your spiritual problems and enough of your financial problems in proper order, or at least you're trying your best to get to that place, yeah. no woman's going to be attracted to you long term anyway. You might find a woman who finds you attractive because of your charm or because of some fun jokes you had or maybe because you're, you're, you know, you're very ambitious and you're working towards something and they see that in you. But as soon as they see the fact that your bank account's always empty and that you have a little bit of a mama problem, they're going to be hitting the door faster than you can say boo, right? What makes people like her stick is the fact that you were prepared and ready and you sought them out. So earn it. Mm -hmm. We need to get back to this mentality. Earn your spouse. Earn your significant other. Do the work. One more question for you, and then we're going to wrap this QA up. Hmm. That's a stupid question. I'm not asking that. <laughs> Nazinga. My daughter says she won't date white men because they ain't her people. She says she wants to marry only a black man. I didn't raise her like that. How do I encourage her not to limit herself? Ashanti. I think of it like a buffet. You may like, you know, the green beans. But there's collards and cabbage. Mm. Why limit yourself? Mm. Or like ice cream. Mm. I'm not an ice cream person, but why not taste all the flavors? <laughs> I mean, don't taste them. I just advocated for not sleeping around. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like, I guess maybe, I think this may go back to like education. If you didn't raise your child like that, like, were they in public school? Were you monitoring who their friends are? Were you monitoring the music they listen to, the people, uh, the influencers that they um, paid attention to? Especially if this person's grown, if the, if the daughter's grown. Um, somewhere along the way, that poison got in under the radar and, and under your nose. So I wasn't raised that way either. Um, as a matter of fact, my mom is dating a white guy right now. <laughs> So, like, I think, I don't know, I think you may have to not go at it as a romantic point of view, but more as a, this, like, God made the human race, and there's just different, um, there's the ones that don't wash their legs, there's the ones that wash their meat and don't kiss animals, there's the ones that <laughs> eat curry, you know, like, it's just, we're all people, and there's cultural differences and and stuff like that, but it's just it's just people like don't don't limit yourself when you could miss out on the best thing that ever happened to you so that's what that's what i would tell her but you you might have to go go from a um higher power point of view like this is like you know what i'm saying that wraps up and concludes our q a portion of the show thank you so much for participating all of those people who were honest and actually gave some pretty good questions we've got many many more that didn't get asked we apologize if we didn't get a chance to get to yours today i talk way too much and i can't help it it eats up a lot of time maybe next time your questions have saved we can bring them back later but we're getting a little late in the show so we wanted to start a 
getting this boat towards the dock. And we're going to do so with a little bit of a closing segment, which was my idea, but something that Z's been really wanting to do for a long time. And then is our final segment. Ladies, listen. <laughs> I'll, keep it, I'll keep it short because I know it's getting late. Um, I guess what I wanted to talk about has something to do with uh, the question, one of the questions that was asked by the the young high school girl about self-worth. I think a, I think women in general get into a lot of trouble. Like women that I've met, women that I've played basketball with, um, heterosexual, lesbian, um, women that I've worked with, we get ourselves into a lot of trouble and it, and it all boils down to our lack of self-worth. Um, some of the people that I even have gotten into relationships with, and it's not, it hasn't been many, but still like some, one of those relationships really like scarred me. And I realized afterwards, you know, when you kind of like look back on uh, the mistakes that you made, the mistakes that he made, you realize like I made decisions out of fear that I would never find anyone. I made decisions out of a lack of um, thinking that I had a purpose in this world. And that's why I said like, like I gotta, like you have to, um, you have to remind yourself every day, even when it looks like you don't have a purpose, even when it looks like you don't have anything to live for, you have to believe that you do. My purpose obviously comes from God. Uh, when I was a little girl, no, like no one ever said, you know, the Lord is saying that you're going to be such and such and such. Like that never happened for me, but I could just feel it inside. And even when I could have gotten into relationships, could have gotten into like one night stand situations, could have gotten into um, like really terrible things, um, drunken nights and stuff like that. I I didn't. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. I've had my slip ups, um, but it kept me from making, thinking that I have the self-worth kept me from making detrimental decisions in my life. And my life isn't perfect. I wish I made more money. Um, I wish I had met Scott earlier. I wish I didn't have cancer because it's probably, it may or may not have jacked up my fertility. Like, I don't know. But at the end of the day, even though all of those things aren't perfectly lined up, I'm still like, I lay my head down and I say, God, I know I'm here for a reason. And I'm telling you a story, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna be done. Um, when I was in my mother's womb, my mother and father were at a abortion clinic in the parking lot, and my mom said suddenly she broke down and started crying, and my father did too. Now he's not in my life; he didn't care about me, but for some reason at that moment he could not do it. They couldn't go through with it, and I, I remember thinking about that one day. And maybe it's just my imagination, but I don't believe it is. God intervened for me. He, yes, I have a, a sucky dad, but he wanted to make sure I was here. And even if it came through someone that wasn't exactly an honorable man. And I'm like, you know what, God? Thank you for life. So keep yourself out of trouble by simply believing that you're here for a reason. Simply understanding that God wanted you here. God was excited when you were born. God was excited when you graduated kindergarten. Like he loves you. And every day and uh, things have happened in my life that m try to make me think that maybe God doesn't care or maybe I really don't have a purpose. And I go back to that moment and I'm like, nah, I'm here for a reason. 
So that's my ladies listen, and hopefully you listened. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to wrap this show up with a nice little bow and say thank you to all of our uh, subscribers over at the Urban Conservative. For those of you just tuning in, we appreciate your patronage. We hope you enjoyed the show and hope this got you a little closer to spending that sweet, sweet cash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to thank you. Adul Rahim for hosting us on your program. We appreciate being behind the paywall. It's kind of like a nice little wall, of Jericho, keeping us away from all the Hittites and the other cancel the heathens. Broke, broke. But uh, <laughs> I can say what I want now. You can't cancel me. <laughs> oh, I'm such a retard. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know it's getting late, so we're going to say adieu and give me some sugar. Thank you, everybody. Ooh.